Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Today is VBPH Sunday, where we feature a message that was recently preached from the pulpit of our church here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You'll hear from Pastor Adam Dragoon and any other visiting preachers who have come through our church. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Amen. We thank you so much for your generosity tonight. What a blessing to have people who see the vision for what we do and are willing to generously give into that. We appreciate those on the platform for your ministry. What a blessing that is as well. Leading us in worship tonight, we want to open up our Bibles this evening to the 50th Psalm. If you join me there tonight, Psalm 50. Going to read a verse there. We, uh, we have a, a service on Wednesday night, as you can already tell. And this service is designed to be our recharge. It's our, it's our day to get a dose of the Holy Ghost halfway between Sundays. And uh, so tonight I want to help you. I want to believe God with you. I want to preach a message about the day of trouble. And I ran across this, uh, this interesting little story about a woodsman. And uh, he was giving an advice to a young protege about how to catch a porcupine. He said, first of all, you have to watch out for his tail as he slaps it back and forth. If you can time it correctly, you can take a bucket and swoop in between tails wagging and plop the bucket on top of the porcupine. He says, okay, what do I do next? Step two will allow you some time as you sit on top of the bucket and ponder your next move. To me, (laughs) that sounds like a day of trouble. I have seen some people spend weeks, months, and perhaps years sitting on top of the bucket waiting for the trouble to end, and how many know, the trouble sometimes doesn't seem to end. There is such a thing in the Word of God as the day of trouble, the day of difficulty, the day of pain, the day of agony, the day of temptation, the day of persecution. And what we have to do tonight as people of God, we have to be able to recognize those days and we have to be able to, be, to respond well to them. And so this is a message, again, titled The Day of Trouble. And in this very short verse, we find a recipe for how to handle the day of trouble. I hope you'll catch this tonight because uh, it'll help you. Psalm 50 and verse 15. Very short verse, but full of wisdom. And it says these words. Call upon me. In the day of trouble, I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. you got to love, as a preacher, when you find a three-point sermon in one verse. 
There it is. Let's believe God. Help us tonight, Lord. We thank you for your spirit. We give you glory. We're praying, God, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit on this message. God, we're praying for those who are in the day of trouble. And God, for those who will one day face the day or the time of trouble. God, help us to recognize and to deal correctly with it. I pray that you would help us in Jesus' mighty name. God's people would say, amen. Have you, has anybody here been in a day of trouble? How many right now <laughs> in the day of trouble? It could be finances. It could be family. It could be relationships. It could be spiritual. There could be demonic attack. There could be uh, issues of, of, uh, of, of uh, generational curses. Uh, the point is tonight that we will all, one day or another, not every day, is the day of blessing. Not every day is the day of, 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 uh, of um, you know, overf- my cup overfloweth. How many have recognized and figured out that there's going to be a few days of trouble in your life as a believer? The days of trouble come upon you. Sometimes there's trouble in marriage. You have trouble in temptation. Trouble dealing with other people. Dealing with situations in life, at work, at school, bill collectors, relationships. Some of you have trouble with words. Speak words of death and hatred and, and, uh, and you know, once you speak a word, how many know you can't, you can't take it back? With children. How many of y'all know you got some trouble when you have children around? Or parents. Sometimes we find ourselves also in spiritual trouble. And what I mean by that is when Christians can no longer hear from God. How many know that's trouble? When uh, you sit down to pray and you feel like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. That's a time of trouble. When you are seeking God's will or seeking uh, advice or a direction from God. Which way should I go in this situation? And you're not hearing an answer. That can be trouble. When church becomes a drag. When church becomes a bore. When outreach becomes nothing more than a chore. When prayer has gone out the window. I want you to recognize the day of trouble is upon you. We can also find ourselves in sin trouble. How many know that? As long as we are living in this life, there is the temptation to fall into various trials of temptation and sin, bitterness and unforgiveness, envy or pride, taking things that don't belong to you, looking at things that you should not look at, touching things that you should not touch. Failing to do the things that God has called you to do, those As we find ourselves falling into those sins, we will find ourselves also in days of trouble. David was a man after God's own heart, but he made some mistakes, didn't he? He stayed home when he should have been out fighting the battles of the kingdom. And as he did that, he he fell into temptation. He took a woman that was not his wife. Her husband, he had murdered 
I mean, you talk about a day of trouble. A day of severe trouble as he separated himself from God. As he separated himself from other people. And as he began paying the consequences for his sins. That was a day of trouble in the life of David. Even more than that, we find ourselves today in 2022. It seems like a string of seasons of trouble. When we think about what Jesus predicted in the end times in Matthew 24, it's like reading the headlines out of the newspaper. Listen to what he said. Many will come in my name saying I'm the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear wars and rumors of wars. Has anybody heard any wars and rumors of wars in the last few days? Jesus said, see that you are not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You'll be hated for all nations, or by all nations for my name's sake. And many will be offended, will betray one another. Jesus is describing the day of trouble. The day where just living, just being a Christian, just naming the name of Jesus is going to give you a day of trouble, right? And so... There are two kinds of people in this world. There are those who are living on a day of trouble. And there are those who are going to live on a day of trouble. And I don't want to be the, the, the predictor of doom in your life, but I just want you to know and be prepared that even though things might be good today, there's no guarantee for tomorrow, right? God does not protect us from having days of trouble. I am not going to get any amens on this sermon tonight. That's okay. God will not protect us from every day of trouble. We know that God is a faithful God, that He is a holy God, that He will not leave us nor forsake us. He has promised to be with us. But just like those three Hebrew boys, as they refuse to bow down, to the golden image of Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, no, their faithfulness brought them to a day of trouble. And uh, God never told them that they would not have trouble, but God did tell them he would be with them. And as that king, that wicked king Nebuchadnezzar, looked into the fiery furnace, he looked in there and said, didn't we, didn't we throw three in there? Why is it that I see four? And one is like the Son of God. Why is that? Because God was with them in the middle of their day of trouble. That is what we have to hang on to tonight. When the psalmist here says, uh, speaks about the day of trouble, the first thing that we need to do, the first step in times of trouble is this. Call upon me. God says, I need you to call. I want you to reach out. I am asking you to approach me. Isn't that interesting that even though God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, my presence will be with you 
always. And yet, in the time of trouble, God does not say, oh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ring your phone up. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dial a few numbers, and I hope you answer. No, he says, you need to make this call. You are the one who needs to call out for help. Listen to some scriptures. Psalm 77, 2. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night. Without ceasing, my soul refused to be comforted. Psalm 91, 15. He shall call upon me, God says, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him and honor him. Psalm 107, verse 6. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them. They cried out to the Lord in trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. We see this at work in the life of our Savior in Jesus' own life as He is preparing to go to the cross. How many know that was a day of trouble? As the Son of Man was laying down His life and surrendering to the will of God, it says He was in agony. Luke 22, verse 44, being in agony. You know what that means? That means agony. I mean, I looked it up in the Greek, and it is still agony it is pain it is torment it is torture and if the son of god suffered agony do you think that you are exempt being in agony he prayed more earnestly what did jesus do he called out he called out to the father he prayed more earnestly his sweat became great drops of blood james instructed us james 5:13 is anyone among you suffering let him complain. Wait, it, that's not what it says. Hold on a second. Let me adjust my glasses. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him be let him have a bad attitude. Let him be the center of attention. No, that's not what it says. Hold on a second. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Let him pray. That means in your day of trouble, you need to call out to the Lord. Now, you would think that that's simple. You would think that's automatic. You would think, you know, because this is even what sinners do when they get in trouble, right? And that's kind of the problem is they have a, they have a uh, Jesus that's kind of break in case of emergency kind of Jesus, right? It's kind of the, uh, the last resort, you know, it's the, it's the foxhole Christianity of the guy who's, you know, waits until he's at the end of his rope and finally, you know, when everything else has failed, God, are you there? See, that's the problem many times is we treat, we treat him uh, just as a, uh, are you okay over there, Leanna? Okay. She's having a day of trouble. You need to call upon the Lord, sister. Because in the day of trouble, what do we do? We begin to call upon other things. We begin to call upon family members, maybe not Christians, Listen, I, I, I want to be a help to you as a pastor, but you know what? I don't have all the answers. You can call me when, you, when you're a help, but, you know, I find myself very often when people call me in the time of trouble, and I have nothing to say to them. <laughs> to be honest, perfectly honest, you know, I pray, God, give me wisdom. God, give me revelation. God, give me insight and perfect words to speak in the perfect moments. But a lot of times I find myself like, I don't know what to tell you. But God does. 
God has a word for you. Have you called out to him? It's one of the famous questions of Pastor Campbell. When you go to him with a problem in your day of trouble. And the first question, you know what his question is? Have you prayed about it? And you know what half of the time the answer is? Uh, hmm. I'll come back, Pastor. <laughs> Have you prayed about it? Why is it so many times that in the day of trouble, we don't actually go to him? Sometimes it reveals. Sometimes the day of trouble reveals that our relationship with God isn't what we thought it was. Sometimes it reveals that we're further away from his presence than we thought we were. We don't call upon the world. We don't call upon Oprah or Dr. Phil. You need to call upon Jesus. Listen, this world is going to try to give you answers that are not going to help. What happens tonight when we will call upon the Lord? And what I love about this tonight is that he, he's not going to, he, he does not require fancy words. He doesn't, you know, require you to speak in King James English, Oh, thou great God, I come by thy precious blood. You know, you don't have to speak Elizabethan accent like Shakespeare. All you have to do is call, Lord, are you there? There are scriptures as David begins to cry out to God where he doesn't have words left to say. Speaks about how sometimes when we have no words to cry out and yet the Spirit can groan through us. When words fail us, you can call out to Him. And what does God promise to those who would call out? He says, I will deliver. Everybody say the word deliver. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Deliverance tonight is what God did for the ancient Hebrews as they came out of Egypt. Do you remember that story? He delivered them. That story, they were in bondage for four 
400 years. I want you to think about 400 years. That's longer than the United States has been a nation. They were in bondage and slavery. We're talking about 10 generations. We're talking about great, 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 great grandpa was the first one that was a slave. Think about that. And for 10 generations, toiling away, laboring, with, uh, they had no hope. And for 10 generations, cl- crying out, God, are you there? God, did you forget about us? God says, I know how to deliver. I know how to rescue my people from the pit of their bondage. Your day of trouble is nothing compared to God's ability to deliver. Did you hear that tonight? Because the problem is, when we are in the day of trouble, it seems so impossible. It seems so unbeatable. It seems like our trouble is bigger than our Savior. But I'm here to tell you tonight, there is no such thing as a trouble bigger than God himself. He says, I will deliver. He doesn't have to think about it. He's not saying, maybe I will deliver. Maybe Uh, We think God will do one thing. Sometimes he does another. But I want to tell you, God's deliverance is sure. We say it with reverence. But God himself cannot deliver a man who's not in trouble. Isn't that the reason why God allows days of trouble sometimes? So that uh, we can depend on him and so that we can cry out to him. So often the day of trouble is simply an instrument of God to bring you back to himself. You look at the, uh, the, the example of the nation of Israel who time and time again wandered away from their faith. Right? They, they began to worship other gods and other idols. And, and because they would sin, God would have to judge them. Right? We're reading now in, in the in the in the, the book of Daniel, in our Bible class. And, you know, this is a time when Israel has been destroyed. And the people of Babylon have been used by God to bring justice against Israel. That sounds like a day of trouble to me. And God used the foreign nation to pound them into uh, out of existence for that moment. And what happened? There began to be a day where people began crying out to God. Lord, deliver us. Lord, save us. One day there was a man. One day there was a time that they began to rebuild. You need to understand from the viewpoint of heaven, sometimes there is an advantage for your day of trouble. There is an advantage to be in distress because it is only then that you can experience his deliverance. I'm not saying this is an excuse for sin. I'm not saying this is a reason for you to get in trouble on purpose and be foolish. No. But what I am saying is that when you find yourself in trouble, you can even in that you can be thankful because you're going to, God, I know you're going to show your deliverance through this. It's incredible wisdom that we, when we get sick, we say, Lord, This is an opportunity for you to heal me. That when we get weak, Lord, this is an opportunity for you to make me strong. When we get tired, Lord, this is time for you to renew my strength. 
when we get bored. Thank you, Lord. Now, now it's an opportunity for you to excite me and fill me with passion and zeal once again. When we get, uh, when we get poor, when the bank account goes dry, and we say, thank you, Lord, because now you're going to be able to provide for me in a way that I can truly appreciate. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not, this is not an excuse for sin. But tonight, we can, even in the day of trouble, we can still thank God because we will cry out to Him and He will deliver us. When you are in adversity, call upon God so that you can experience deliverance. What about you tonight? You know, you'd think that this would be automatic for the believer. You'd think that everybody who's in trouble would cry out to him. But as a student of human nature, I know that that's not true. I know that there's people who wallow in self-pity. Woe is me. Swing low. Right? And because they are in trouble, they find, uh, they find comfort in the pity of other people and in the pity of themselves. And so they're not truly seeking deliverance. This is why Jesus, finding the man who, who, was, uh, who was lame for 40 years sitting by the pool, right, of Siloam, and he asked him a question first. What was his question? Do you want to be made well? You think that's an automatic, but it's not. Because there are people who would rather sit at the pool for 40 years and continue to collect the paycheck there's still people who would rather because that requires no faith jesus challenged that man and i challenge you tonight do you want to be delivered do you want to be delivered from fear do you want to be delivered from your doubt from your unbelief from your bitterness do you want to be delivered from poverty or are you going to stay that way in your day of trouble it only happens. Listen, I cannot call out to God on your behalf. I wish I could, but I can't. Every person who is in trouble, you have to call out to God for yourself. Your husband can't do it for you. Your wife can't do it for you. Your, your nanny and your papa can't do it for you. You have to call out to God for yourself. And what happens tonight when we call out to God? The Bible says he is strong. He is able to deliver. I want you to think about the deliverances of God in, the word, in his word. You think about the amazing deliverance. Think about Noah for a second, right? God delivered Noah and his family from a worldwide destruction. You think you've got problems? What about Noah? Right? God destroyed the whole world, but delivered one man, his wife, his three sons, their three wives. Delivered them. He rescued them from their trouble. And guess how they res- guess how he rescued them? Through through a, an ark that they built with their own hands. That's a whole nother sermon. Think about the children of Israel again. You think you have problems. Four hundred years of slavery, God was able to deliver them every sinner who repents from their sins how many know that is a great deliverance that is a miracle of salvation 
that the bondage of every sin of your life adds up and compounds and binds you to the to the eternal damnation in a devil's hell. <laughs> that that's that's the Bible. That's not me. Don't get mad at me. Sin means death. But salvation, God is able by the blood of Jesus to wash away our sins and deliver us to a new life and a new hope forevermore. That's a miracle. You remember that when you get into a day of trouble. You remember that when your finances are in trouble. Remember what God already rescued you from. You remember tonight the miracles that He's done in your life. Let's look finally tonight at what God is trying to do through your day of trouble. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. You know what God gets out of your day of trouble? He gets the glory. He will get the glory. God will be glorified. There's a scripture that says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess the name of Jesus. You mean even even atheists? Yep, they're going to they're going to bow their knee and they are going to confess. You mean even even people who who are murderers and sinners and killers and and, and bad people in the world? Yep, even them. You mean even Satan, the one who defies the holy God for all eternity? Yes, even him. He will bow his knee and his tongue will confess the name of Jesus. Why is that? Because God will find the glory. God will be glorified. The question, the only question that remains is whether you choose to glorify him or whether you'll be forced to glorify him. We will, every knee shall bow, every tongue. We sing songs about that, but you know what? That is an act of force for those who don't do it willingly. The main purpose of man, can I tell you tonight, the reason why you are alive is ultimately to glorify God. To bring glory to God. The same way tonight that the moon reflects the sun. Right? The moon in the night sky is a beautiful thing, but the moon has no glory in itself. All of the light that you see bouncing off of the moon, you know where it came from? It came from the sun, that's right. The, the, those light beams bounced off the moon and came back to the earth. And now when you look at that night sky and you see that bright, shiny moon made of cheese, you, know, you are not seeing anything that the moon produced. You're seeing the glory of the sun. And I'm telling you tonight, that when you go through the day of trouble, and when you call out to God and He delivers you, guess what? You will be in the orbit of God's glory. People will look at your life and they'll say, how did you survive? And they'll say, how did you come through that with a smile on your face? And why did you keep going to church even when it seemed like everything was falling apart? Why did you still lift your hands and sing praise to God? And you know what you're going to say? Because I'm the best. Oh, no, that's not what you're going to say. Because I'm the smartest. Nope. What you will say is this. 
I give glory to God. He sustained me. He helped me in my day of trouble. I cried out to him, and he heard my prayer. And in that day of trouble, my friends, in that day of trouble, you will reflect the light and the glory of God to a dark and an unbelieving world. That is his purpose in your life. Every time we knock on a door on a Saturday outreach, that's what we're supposed to be doing is reflect the glory of God. It's not about me and my convincing arguments. It's not about my fine and fanciful words that can draw someone to salvation. No, it is simply about reflecting the glory of God. That's why your testimony is so powerful. Your testimony has power that nothing else has because as you testify about how God delivered you from your sins. That is what you're doing. You're reflecting the glory of God, bouncing off of you and onto a dark and a desperate world. The purpose of your difficulty is to bring glory to God. Psalm 22, verse 23. You who fear the Lord, praise Him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify Him and fear Him all you offspring of Israel. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You wonder why we're seeing a day of trouble in our world today. You wonder why God allows these wars and this death and this carnage and blood spilling in the street. Why? Why would God allow that evil to take place? I don't believe God is the author of evil. I don't believe... but. We have to admit, if God is in control of this place, then he has to at least allow it to happen. And he does. Say, how could God do that? I'll tell you how. He's going to get the glory. You look at, uh, you know, world wars in the past where millions of people perished. You know, seven million Jews, they say, died in the Holocaust. But you know what? God got the glory. You know how? Because after World War II, first time in 1900 plus years, the nation of Israel was reconstituted out of nothing. And they reflected the glory of God. Said, see what I can do. I can't tell you all of the details and all the ins and the outs, but I tell you, I trust in the goodness of God. We sang about it tonight. You have to believe not only that God is great, that God is powerful, but also that He is morally good and He is doing good things. John 15, 8, Jesus said, By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. 1 Peter 4, 14, If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed. But on your part, he is glorified. I want to close with a story that I shared with my class today in Bible class from the book of Daniel, chapter 4. Turning there in my Bible. In the book of Daniel, chapter 4, you know that there is the story of King Nebuchadnezzar. A king whose name is hard to say, just, the, just, just pronouncing it is a day of trouble. Nebuchadnezzar. And there he is. The Bible, he, he actually, it's an interesting chapter because he takes over the pen in the Word of God. And he begins to write a letter 
to the whole world. And this is what he says in Daniel chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar the king, to all people, nations, languages that dwell in the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. He speaks about the dream that he had and how it was interpreted. And then... In verse 28, this is what he says, Daniel 4, 28. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking around the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? He's really thinking a lot of himself. Take a look at this beautiful place that I built. With my own two hands. And while the word, verse 31, was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you. They shall drive you from men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You will eat grass like the oxen and seven times. That means seven years shall pass over you till you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour the word was fulfilled. He was driven from men, began eating grass like oxen. His body wet with the dew of heaven, that means he was outside, till his hair had grown like the eagle's feathers, that means he didn't get a haircut, and his nails like bird's claws, and he didn't get any, any manicures either. And for seven years, Nebuchadnezzar was having a day of trouble. Why? Because of his pride because of who he thought he was, because of how great he thought he was. And God says, uh-uh, that's not going to happen, and puts him into a day of trouble for seven years. Think about that. The man has lost his mind. He loses his reputation. He loses all form of sanity. He's out in the fields eating grass like an ox. Listen, every day of good health that you have from God is a gift because you know what it can be removed in an instant you think because you're so big and so strong and because you go and you exercise and you take your medicine and your pills and because that's why you're going to be healthy Uh uh-uh health is a gift from god isn't it and god removed it from nebuchadnezzar just like that now watch what nebuchadnezzar does at the end of this time I lifted my eyes to heaven, and understanding returned to me. I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is is from generation to generation. In verse 36, he says, At that time my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me, And I was restored to my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. But this time, something had changed in Nebuchadnezzar. He had all the same power, he had all the same glory, the same position that he had before, but now he has something new to go with it. Verse 37, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. All whose works are truth, his ways are justice, and those who walk in pride he is able to put down. Ah, 
Now he's got a testimony, doesn't he? Now he can say, I will glorify God. That was the whole point. That was the whole reason for the day of trouble. So that Nebuchadnezzar, remember what I said, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess, even the proud hearted. Sometimes it's a hard road to be proud, to be stubborn. God had to deal with this man, put him in a day of trouble. But guess what? At the end, he glorified God. That is the reason tonight for the day of trouble. And what we can do as people of faith, we can say, God, I want to glorify you. I'm looking for the way to glorify your name, even in this. Let's take a moment tonight, bow our heads, close our eyes as we bring the service to a close. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.